Hey guys, Toolman Tim here. Welcome back to the workshop where we create community, find freedom, promote preparedness, and share success. So it's episode 57 of the workshop podcast. It's January 15th, 2022. And this is a totally unexpected Saturday morning live stream. I don't even know who or how many or what. I didn't announce it anywhere on social. I just uh, had an idea yesterday. I wanted to share something completely different than we normally deal with. And I figured I'd hop on and do it live. I'm also using this episode to teach myself screen sharing on StreamYard. So if you're watching this later on and there's any hiccups with it, you can laugh at me and say, okay, but there's nothing better than learning something live to force yourself to actually do it, right? So let me explain to you the genesis. Well, first off, let's talk about what I'm going to talk about today. <laughs> if you guys, maybe you know, maybe you don't know, but I'm a big post-apocalyptic media junkie. I have a lot of ass time while I'm driving. I put my ear pods in or I put it on Bluetooth and I listen to a ton of audiobooks in the summer when I'm mowing. I listen to a ton of audiobooks and recently I seem to just be running out of good quality end of the world fiction. However, uh, Canada, the Audible Canada just recently opened up, I don't know if it's Audible Plus or whatever it is, where you get a whole bunch of free audiobooks all at once. And it's kind of cool. I've been digging through some of those and there's been some gems and then there's been some real duds. <laughs> we'll get into that another day. So if this episode ends up being a hit, great. Uh, but this has always been a little bit of a passion of mine. Uh, it's winter time. Some people are looking for something to watch. And of course, it's a bit selfish on my part as well, because I'm looking for recommendations from you guys. So if there's anybody out there that likes post-apocalyptic TV, movies, books, whatever it happens to be, send your recommendations my way. Worst thing that can happen is, huh, I watch it, didn't like it. And hopefully that's the same for you. And maybe you'll see one or two uh, one or two TV shows in this list that you've never seen before. And as far as the title goes, I take liberty with the uh, with the descriptions as we go along. You'll find out. But I couldn't really use the title that I wanted to. And that was something along the lines of my top five rewatchable post-apocalyptic TV shows pre-2010. So this kind of stuff is older than new. There's a lot of really good new post-apocalyptic shows out there right now. And I'm not going to talk about them right now. Just going to talk about these five older ones that I like. And hopefully you guys will find a, you know, a hidden gem in the rough or whatever it happens to be. And I figured while you're listening, I got my Walking Dead mug with my Holler Roast Dark, Dark Roast blend, I think it's called, from uh, Nicole Sauce over at Living Free in Tennessee, Saturday morning. So cheers. All right, guys. So here we go. The first one is probably the show that has aged the worst. So let's bring up the screen here, see if we can do it. All right. Um, I love this show. And this is, and you guys will probably laugh when you hear it. This is a show called Jeremiah. This was a Showtime show back uh, in the, I want to say either late 90s, early 2000s, back when you know, they put nudity and sex and things in, in shows just because they thought it needed it. Now, I'm going to explain to you the premise of this show, and please don't roll your eyes while I'm talking about it, but it has Dylan from 90210 and Theo from The Cosby Show in it. Uh, so Luke Perry and Malcolm Jamal Warner, 
And then Sean Astin comes in in the second season. However, the premise behind the show is, uh, takes place about 15 years after the great death. And the great death affected everybody who was a teenager and up. So anybody who was, you know, 13 and under survived, or at least temporarily. And then the entire show takes place. These guys kind of exploring the, the you know, the, I guess you can call it post-apocalyptic wasteland of the United States, but they just going around interacting with a whole bunch of different communities. And as is typical with these type of shows, you know, getting into all kinds of zany and wacky kind of situations you know there's violence and stuff um brandon from 90210 makes a cameo as a uh you know a warlord it's a lot of fun it by far has uh how do you want to put it um it, it has aged the worst out of the five that i'm going to talk to you about um but all of these shows are shows that at times i've gone back and rewatched. and becky and i and my wife we've gone back and rewatched jeremiah a couple of times but the thing I've noticed about it is each time I go back to watch it, it feels just a little bit more dated. The, the, the effects look bad. The writing's bad. It's most certainly not politically correct compared to modern times. But I still love the show. It's kind of my guilty pleasure. Although you're going to find out that a lot of these shows are my guilty pleasures. But it's a lot of fun. It can be a hard one to find. I'm not even sure where it streams at this point. Years ago, I had to download it on like a VCD or something like that just so I could get it. Uh, it used to play on the movie networks up here in Canada. But one of the really cool concepts I seen in this show was there was a lady. She ran a little, I don't know, it was a shop or a coffee shop in one of these little towns. It was kind of in the center of the U.S. And everybody, as they would travel through, would come in and they would they would give her a, a donation, like a can or something, because, of course, canned food was like one of the one of the currencies at the time, and they would put a pin up on the wall and that would say where they were from. And then they would leave uh, stories or news or information from their area. And that was the way that information, you know, the old fashioned telephone game, tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend, but it was really, really cool. And to me, that was uh, one of the, I don't know, I just, I always thought that would be a great way to exchange information if all the electronics and everything ended up dying. And a couple of cool stories about this show. Years ago, when Becky and I used to go to Comic-Cons, oh, you can call me a big nerd if you want, but we used to go, I uh, I got to meet Luke Perry uh, before he passed away. And I, I asked him, I said, you know, of all the TV shows you did, which one would you love to have made another season of? Jeremiah was the one. And then uh, J. Michael Straczynski, he was the creator of this show. And I just out of the blue years ago, I messaged him on Twitter and I said, how come you never did a, another episode of this? And anyway, I never expected him to reply, but he basically said it was the worst experience of his life and he'd never do it again. I don't know any more about it, but if you're looking for kind of a, an edgy, weird, and, and this may be the only one on this list you've never heard of. And if it is cool, but <laughs> uh, Brian's in here. He said, uh, listening on our drive. Don't worry. Corey's driving. Hey, no worries doing something totally off the wall, totally different today. Saturday is my, I don't even know what we're going to call it now, but it's going to be my whatever the hell, you know, it's all going to be loosely tied into preparedness, survival, living free. But hey, we all have to be entertained as well. And I figured, why not talk about this? And it's a little bit selfish on my part, guys, because I'm looking for recommendations. So if anybody has other shows, because this is the winter and, uh, you know, I really haven't had a hell of a lot of time to watch TV but I have had a lot of time to listen to audiobooks. So 
send them my way. My wife and I are like post-apocalyptic junkies and we always love to hear it. So number five was Jeremiah. If you've never heard of it, at least get out there and, and try it. Give it an episode or two because the first episode of Remember is exceptionally cheesy, but it certainly gets better with time. Okay, number four. And this one's a bit of a cheat, so here you go. And I'm sure nobody's ever heard of this, but <laughs> The Walking Dead. Now, hang on a minute. I'm only talking about the first season. This show is the epitome of jumping the shark. You know, the old um, happy days where Fonzie actually literally jumps the shark. But in my opinion, the first season of The Walking Dead was the epitome of top quality post-apocalyptic TV. The very first episode when Rick wakes up in the hospital, I mean, it's almost identical to 28 Days Later. So if you guys like that movie, um, you know, there was actually a lawsuit at one time where I think um, Danny Boyle, who wrote 28 Days Later, sued Robert Kirkman, who invented or uh, came up with the idea of The Walking Dead in the comic books. But they're actually they were actually created almost like within a year of one another without each other knowing about it. However, I digress. But. The very first season of Rick waking up in that kind of post-apocalyptic hospital burnt down, not knowing what's going on, discovering the world around him, to me is so intense and so scary. And how they come together as a group, I mean, yeah, this the, watching it now, it might feel a little bit cheesy because so much of this show has become tropes and things that, you know, people are like, oh, that's so cheesy. Yeah, well, The Walking Dead did it first. And... It had some of the best horror graphics and some of the, the best made-for-television violence you're ever going to see. But just the entire, you know, just the dirtiness of it and the the heat of the Georgian summer and just not knowing. Like, they, they're just completely lost. And I think if there's one lesson from this show, uh, you know, information, if, if everything fell apart and the entire society collapsed and there was nothing, you know, you couldn't get information anywhere. I think that would be the worst part would be just not knowing what the hell's going on. And then, you know, everybody meeting up and, and trading off this little piece and that little piece, but you know, and I don't even know where the walking dead went off the rails, whether it was with the governor and like, I forget what season it was, or more likely when Negan showed up, the character I was most excited for, but the show just went completely off the rails. But, you know, it has made some of the best episodes of television out there. Uh, between this episode here, Rick waking up in the hospital, and then one of my personal favorites was a two-episode arc with the governor after he lost Woodbury, and he was just out on the road, just wandering and walking. There's just something... It's a self-contained uh, bottle episode, they call it. They make them for, you know, cheaper because they don't have to have the entire cast on hand. But it's just um, the British guy who plays the governor. He's just an incredible actor, and he just carries the show on his shoulders. And he's just so beat down. And it's almost like he doesn't even want to live anymore, but his body won't let him stop. And he just has to keep going. And, you know, the, the first season was some of the best television out there and i loved it and yeah if you guys are uh, junkies for this kind of stuff and if you've never watched it well whatever and if you don't have time to watch tv i'm cool with that too but this is one of those things that we used to spend a lot of time doing uh this this winter i really haven't but yeah season one and you could even go into season two but season one was abbreviated i can't remember if it was i'm gonna be wrong here i want to say it was six episodes but i think it was more than that but whatever it was that first season was awesome 
you know, the post-apocalyptic scrounging where they had to go and get supplies and then they left their guns behind and they had to go back for their guns. And it was just, yeah, it was really good. It was like, you know, prepper porn, wet dream, whatever you want to call it. It was just, it was really cool. But anyway, all right. So number five was Jeremiah. If you've never heard of it, look it up. Number four, Walking Dead. Number three, this one, you're going to might say, hey, it's a bit of a stretch, Tim. I don't know. But if you've never watched it, take a minute and go back. And I'm a sucker for black and white television. You know, my, my daughter's one time said, dad, when did life become color? And I'm like, well, anyway, but the, the original season, well, actually the entire original series of the Twilight Zone, there's nothing better than Rod Serling standing there smoking a cigarette with his raspy voice talking about welcome to the twilight zone you know that kind of thing and he was he was awesome and he you know it was incredible they i forget how many episodes it's something like 50 episodes a year they put out and he wrote a lot of them like he was just a proficient writer but in the first season of well you call it the first season first series whatever but there was like a ton of episodes there's two episodes in the original twilight zone that i absolutely loved now, this one here, uh, this one is just, I, there's nothing better um, about, well, let me explain it. So this episode is called Time Enough, uh, Time Enough at Last. So this guy here, I can't remember his name right off, but he's a banker and he gets in trouble um, because he spends his days reading books. He just sneaks off anywhere and reads all day long. And his boss is like, you can't read, you have to work, you know, kind of like, the bosses have to get after the young young fellers nowadays for you can't be texting or on your phone or whatever. Boy, didn't I sound like an old Gen Xer there? Anyway, so his boss is giving him shit. He's like, if I catch you reading one more time, you're fired. So then on his lunch break, he goes down. Well, I mean, I don't want to spoil it, but I mean, it is 70 years old. So and it's in public domain, maybe not public domain, but it's out there. He goes down and he's like, I'm going to find a nice safe place to read my book for my lunch. So he goes in, lays down in the bank vault. I think the door gets shut behind him. I can't remember. He's reading. All of a sudden, the lights and everything shake and the whole world just kind of vibrates. And he kind of steps outside. And he's like, huh. The entire world is gone. Everything is, it's kind of funny, but everything's blown up and knocked over. And he's all by himself. And he's like, finally, I've got time enough at last. I can read my books. And he goes and he finds all the classics from this library. Just has every book he ever wanted. Because he, he despised his wife because she hated him for reading. He hated his job because all, all it ever did was get in the way of his reading. And it kind of embodies some people's wishes. You know, you're like, does anybody ever say to themselves, sometimes I think it would just be easier if the world would just end and we could get get along with surviving instead of all this other bull crap we have to deal with. And I think that was his mindset. And uh, you know what? I'm In case somebody goes back to want to watch this, I'm not going to ruin the twist at the end, but that's the whole concept. You can see him in the picture here. He's happy as happy can be. And he, he just, anyway, great episode. It... It's a really good, let's just leave it at this. It's a really good example of two is one, one is none, three is a guarantee. I'm not going to go any further than that. And uh, episode, another episode in that first season is the monsters are due on Maple Street or the monsters are on Maple Street. I can't remember the exact name right now, but it was turned into a film in the 90s. And uh, <laughs> hey, James, how are you? Completely impromptu live stream. Nice to see you, my friend. So the monsters are due on Maple Street was turned into a movie in the 90s called Trigger Effect. It is one of my guilty pleasure 
prepper movies that is just incredible that almost nobody has ever heard of. However, if you have time, uh, we'll, we'll talk about movies another day down the road. <laughs> Life is good, James, my friend. Absolutely. I got a hot cup of coffee and I'm talking about post-apocalyptic fiction and uh, media. So how could it be bad, right? And there's a young Andy Griffith in this episode, you know, Matlock or I uh, can't remember the other show. I'm sorry, guys. You'll all shoot me. You're all hollering at your um, radio right now. It was the Yeah, anyway, doesn't matter. Mayberry, is that where you... Anyway, so the power goes out. Hey, Mama Bear, how are you? Nice to see you. The power goes out in this town. It's like a little cul-de-sac and nobody knows why. Again, we go back to information. So many of these shows talk about information. And again, there's really no twist to it. The dread comes from watching regular, everyday, you know, Truman Show neighbors wave at each other and start getting at each other and blaming each other and saying, oh, it's your fault, it's your fault, it's your fault. And just to see how quick modern polite society can break down when they lose modern conveniences and when they have no information as to why it happens just really cool i and i am a sucker for the old twilight zone the the you know the whole first series black and white but yeah take your time if, if you want to watch those two episodes those are the two best pieces of post-apocalyptic uh, fiction in there for sure all right so five was jeremiah four was walking dead Three was a Twilight Zone. Number two, and you guys may um, laugh or you may, I don't know, you may never have seen this, but if you follow me, you know I'm a Stephen King fan. Sorry, that picture's small. It should have been a little bit bigger. I am a sucker. I've read The Stand a couple of times. That is like his magnum opus for a lot of people, or some people might say it's The Dark Tower, but I love The Stand. And <laughs> in my mind, the 1994 miniseries that was on CBS is... The only edition, the only, um, you know, put to film that I enjoy. I was so excited about the new stand that came out a couple of years ago on HBO and it was hot monkey shit. I don't even know if that's a saying, but it was just awful. You ever hear the saying, go woke and go broke? Well, anyway, that might be what they did, but it was just horrible. There was, you know, a few little pieces in it that were good, but the new show, don't waste your time. Go back and find the six hour made for tv <laughs> chris dixon says morning tim what's this another impromptu live absolutely my friend i can never promise there'll be a saturday morning live but i woke up early this morning i had the show in my brain while i was driving yesterday and i had to get up and do it and i was like you know what let's just do it i'll never ever uh, schedule them ahead of time i'm never going to tell you guys that there's going to be a saturday live morning show but these make happen more and more often it just all dependent on my schedule so if you've never gone back and watch the stand first off it is a little bit cheesy but you know what considering you got to remember two things this was made in the mid 90s and it was made on broadcast television and not just broadcast television but cbs i mean so there was very little they could actually do but right from the opening scenes when the blue oyster cults don't fear the reaper starts playing you know you're in for a good time the show is actually legitimately scary uh gary sinise plays Stu Redman, and anyway, there's a bunch of really, Rob Lowe plays Nick uh, Andros, the deaf guy, and the whole show, it just just so well acted, other than maybe Molly Ringwald, uh, she isn't the greatest in it, but that's neither here nor there, but it just, it embodies what the uh, the entire book was about, 
it brings the two groups together, you know, the bads in Vegas and the goods in Colorado. And it really, it, it really takes its time and shows what is involved in rebuilding society. And some of my, anytime BOC plays, I know it's going to be a good, ain't that the truth? I just love Don't Fear the Reaper. I, I don't know. It's such a great song. Anyway, but what I love about this is they take time showing how they turn the power back on. But I think the best part was the cleanup. And this is kind of weird. And you're like, Tim, you're sick and twisted. What are you talking about? They had entire like garbage crews, unfortunately, that had to go around and pick up all the bodies. Because if you don't know the premise of the stand, uh, a disease called Captain Trips ends up going crazy and goes everywhere throughout the world. And it has like a 99.4% death rate. And everybody gets back together and they have, you know, they decide to rebuild society. And of course, in typical Stephen King fashion, there's, um, you know, supernatural uh, elements at work even the hand of God, literally, if you've seen this, you know, the joke, but it's, you know, what is it? Ex Dumashina? Anyway, it doesn't matter, but no, I'm wrong there, but yeah, it's an awesome show. I love it. Right down to, um, Randall flag is the bad guy and he wears like skin tight acid wash jeans, a jean jacket, and he has a mullet. I mean, he looks like he walked out of a 1990s soap opera and he could have been the heartthrob, but his acting's great. Of course, the special effects for 1994 on television weren't great, but the show, I love it. It's just, it's such a good case study on good versus evil coming together and rebuilding society and all of that. And I could talk about the stand all day long, but you know, we may do a book uh, episode down the road. Uh, we, we will do a book episode, maybe a bunch of book episodes, maybe some movie episodes. So if you guys have recommendations on this, you know, it'll be great, but yeah. Okay. So number two was my guilty pleasure. And number one is believe it or not, another network television show. And it's probably, uh, not quite the newest. It's right around the same age as the walking dead. And if Ryan Collette is watching this, it takes place in his home state or very close to his home state. And that is Jericho. And there is not a single show. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think there's a single show that I have rewatched more than Jericho. And I think, I, I don't know exactly why, but to me, it's probably the most realistic portrayal of what might happen. There, you know, you can obviously see from the poster, but it's in a, yeah. James says my favorite. I could talk about this show all day long. And if when you meet someone else who loves this show, it's just so funny. Everybody geeks out and they're like, oh my God, you know Jericho too. And it doesn't happen that often. It's getting less and less. But Skeet Allridge is the main actor. I love the guy. I actually met him at a Comic-Con years ago and just thanked him for making Jericho because we love the show. But it takes place in a small town in Kansas. And, you know, Jake is the ne'er-do-well son who went away and came back. The prodigal son kind of came back to ask for his inheritance. And when he did, the whole world went to shit. A whole bunch of strategically placed nukes all were released across the United States, more than you might think. And then shortly after, uh, you know, a high atmosphere EMP was unleashed. And I think we'll, there's so much to love about the show. The acting is great. Uh, I can't remember the the father's name, but, um, you know, Mr. Green or whatever, the actor, he was in Major Dad years ago. He was perfect in that. Just the stoic, 
you know, hard as a rock mayor who just knows he has to bring everybody together. And of course, the show devolves into some of the soapy tropes that you're going to see sometimes, you know, because everything has to be done in 42 minutes and it needs to, you know, kind of be wrapped up, but not. But what I liked about it was it told a whole, a whole story as the episodes went on. But again, what I love is that it takes place in a small town. I grew up in a small town. I live in a small town and it deals with the politics of small town, but it also deals with the fact that, you know what, for the most part, people are pretty decent and they were willing to help each other out. And that was the whole key to Jericho. I mean, they go through a really lean winter and that, you know, they survive. The entire concept is, okay, what do we do? Where do we go? How do we, how do we fix this? Or at least, well, obviously you can't fix it, but how do you make it better? How do we learn to live? What do we do? And, you know, sharing their crops and then like the infighting and then people wondering, well, if I give this, what do I get back in return? And it was, yeah. And politics stayed out of it for the most part. I think, you know, this was, I want to say the show premiered in 2007 on CBS has a killer soundtrack as well. Um, the opening, again, a lot of these shows, they really, it, it's like, if you guys go back and watch lost years ago, I mean, really the best episode was the series premiere. And that seems to be with a lot of these, um, but like the walking dead was that way, but Jericho, the opening episode is just spot on. It's perfect TV in my mind. I love it. And you know what? It just goes to show that they can make a really good quality post-apocalyptic TV show that, I mean, doesn't have to be gory and full of F-bombs and everything else. I have no problem with that. And we're going to talk some other day about some of my favorite HBO shows. Uh, there's a new one right now that's it's a little out there called Station Eleven. Uh, we've watched a couple episodes. I'm kind of into it. But, but yes, as far as Jericho goes, yeah, it's just awesome. And, you know, it's kind of like the you know, there's a mission of the week where they have to do this or solve that. But the overall underpinning is, is really good. It, warning, it gets canceled on a cliffhanger, which really sucks. It got saved one time, which is a really cool story. Um, at the end of season one, Jake says into the mic, nut, and apparently it's a reference to uh, one of the old generals. I forget exactly how it went and basically like, go screw yourself. And then CBS canceled the show and the fans started sending in pallet loads of nuts of peanuts to CBS and having them dropped off to different people in the station and having them put on their front lawn and it ended up saving it. So they brought it back for an abbreviated second season. It was awesome. And then they still kind of ended it on a cliffhanger. But if you're a comic book fan, there's two follow-up seasons in comic book form. I don't know if you know that or not, James, if you do, cool. If not, it's pretty neat too. It helps give closure to the story. And um, Hawkins in there, he he plays Morgan in uh, Lenny James is his name. And he is, that is where I first discovered him as an actor. He's one of my favorite. But anyway, so guys, what are your favorite shows? Uh, books, movies, doesn't matter. I've got a ton of other content like this. And this was just felt like the time to do it. Um, I love doing these impromptu live streams. It's just fun to see who happens to show up when I'm around, you know, <laughs> but it was fun. Well, uh, tomorrow night, we're going to end up having Dylan, the, I'm going to get his name wrong here, guys. I'm sorry. The Homestead, Homestead dad or Homestead. Yeah. Anyway, he's going to come on. He's going to talk about tools of the trade and being a Homestead dad. Uh, he's going to be, um, 
homeschooling as well, and a whole bunch of really cool stuff. So I'm excited about that, guys. And I guess that's it for me today. Thanks for dropping by. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. It was a lot of fun. If you can tell, I'm kind of a geek and passionate about TV, movies, stuff like that. Even though I don't have all the time in the world to do it anymore, it's kind of my downtime, my recharging, and it's what helps flip my brain around. And I get lots of good you know, uh, show ideas, uh, podcast ideas, and prepping ideas from watching and listening to this, just as long as a person doesn't get lost in it, right? Anyway, guys, that's it for me this week. Um, As always, stay happy, stay healthy, and have a great week.